0: New John Simmons Show. After years of battling a gambling addiction, John found a hope and a future for his life through Christ. He has spent the last several years encouraging others to find joy, peace, and hope in their lives by walking out God's plan for their lives. Now, John wants to help you find the passion, vision, and faith you need to start writing out God's sentence for your life and help you add to it every day. Full lines are now open. Call or text 314-880-0808. Now, here is your host, the new John Simmons.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the new John Simmons show where you can find God's sentence for your life and become the new you where we talk about finding passion, vision, and faith in your walk with Christ so that your life can overflow with joy, peace, and hope today. Welcome to the program, everybody. Hump Day, Wednesday. So excited you've joined me here on the program and also on Facebook Live if you have the ability to stream on your social media device, whatever it is, your tablet, your phone, your TV, uh, Facebook Live, New John Simmons Show. Look for that, and we have our stream up right now. You can comment on that page, or you can send in your text. It's 314 880 0808. Today we're talking about planning. In fact, three keys that you can use to start a new plan in your life, three keys that you can use to find God's sentence for your life, three keys that you can do to start something over. Because statistics say, and the reason we're talking about this on the show tonight, is that more than 80% of New Year's resolutions are either completely gone from our lives at this point, or at least have been broken more than once. 80% or more of our new year's resolutions. So that, that opportunity we had to lose weight, uh, that gym is probably getting less and less frequented. That opportunity to stop smoking, we probably bought a pack at quick trip. And you know, that opportunity to start talking a little different. Maybe we've, you know, started to weave the language back into our lives. New year's resolutions. Don't always work. We've talked about that on the show before, but what does work is planning and inviting God to show us what to do with our lives. And so I wanted to give you three keys. We can stand on scripture to follow these out. I think these are easy enough for everybody to sort of get excited about them because look, they're, they're simple. They're also, you can look in the world and see where they've been successful. You can also look in scripture and see where they've been successful. And I'm going to share some stories of how I've seen success in these same areas tonight. Three keys to help you start a new plan in your life. If you've got to restart your New Year's resolution, this maybe you want to get back on that weight loss horse. Maybe you want to get back on whatever train you were you were on when New Year's left the station. But God has a special, unique plan for you. We say it all the time because it's the foundation of the show. It's the reason we're on the air today because we want you to understand that God, he thinks you're special and he's created a unique And he's designed you to be a certain way and do certain things. And I want to encourage you today, Ephesians 2.10. You are God's handiwork. He's created you to do good works through Christ Jesus. So you first need Christ. Can't find God's plan for your life. You can make plans for your life. And you can make plans for your life without Christ. But to find God's plan for your life, it has to be done through Christ Jesus. You have to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There's no other way. The Bible says that there is no other way to salvation except through Jesus. We believe that on this show, and we encourage you to find Christ for yourself. I know. uh, I didn't get born again until I was 29 years old, and I know what it's like to live a life sort of not caring about faith, thinking religion is sort of worthless, uh, not really caring from one day to another what you believe or what my friends believe or what my mom believed. I didn't care. It was just not a thought in my head. It was just not something that I paid any attention to, and yet... At 29 years old, after facing a 10-year gambling addiction, I found Christ at the end of what felt like just another rock bottom. The only difference in my old life and then in my new life in Christ uh, and the problems that I'd had over and over again in my old life was that just a few months before I found Christ, I really did want to get better myself. It took a long time, but I was an adult, and I was you know really thinking, man, there's got to be something more to my life. There's something out there for me. I tried to get clean. I was an addict for more than 10 years. I tried to get clean. I entered a rehab facility, started counseling, GA meetings, all that stuff. I'd done it before, but this time I was going because I wanted to go. I wanted to see my life really change, really transform from what it was, you know. I wanted to get away from making a bet every day of my life. I wanted to get away from the constant thought that I owed someone money and the worry that was associated with that. The stress level in my life was so high. All the time. Now, it may not have been stressful to you, but to me, it was like the worst thing going. Every day, I owed somebody money. Every day, I would make a bet, and whether I won or lost was not the issue because I would never stop. So even if I had a streak of 11 weeks where I never lost a bet, eventually, those bets started to pile up because every day for me was just another fix. I, there's this joke. It was, it was some uh, Paul Rudd movie or something. Or no, it was uh, with uh, Vince Vaughn and he was a degenerate gambler, and they said only degenerates bet the Hawaii game because it's the only thing on TV at 2 or in the morning or something. And I was that degenerate. I saw that. I forget what the name of the movie was that he was in, but a Vince Vaughn movie, and I think it might be The Breakup or something, and they said only degenerates bet the Hawaii game. That was me. I was betting the Hawaii game. I, know, I knew all about Hawaii basketball because if there was something on TV, I was betting it. If there was a game to be played, it's somebody's house, I was there. Deal me in. And that was my life. That's what I decided to do with it. That's where I wanted to spend my free time. And those were the plans that I made for my future. I wasn't making plans to execute any sort of great idea for, idea for my life. I had no you know, grand vision. I had no thoughts of what I would do even tomorrow unless I was going to make a bet. Those were the only things that I ever thought about. The only things I ever thought about was what am I going to do to get my fix, essentially. And so when I got born again at 29 and I realized that God thought I was special and that he had a unique plan for me, I was very interested in finding it. And I wasn't sure how to find it. So I started to go to God's word after I heard a sermon that said, if you start asking God for his vision for your life, he'll show it to you. And so I I started praying. I started praying a lot. God, show me what you have for me. I wasn't sure if it, was, if it was working, if he was listening. I was not sure, to be honest. I was 29 years old, but what I knew was that a weight, when I got born again, a weight had been lifted off of my shoulders. I had tried so hard to stop my addiction on my own power. I was in rehab. I went to it for 90 days. I was clean, and those plans didn't work because at the end of it, I still had this large desire to continue in my addiction. I never wanted to stop other than in my mind. I wanted to stop it in my thoughts and in my heart. It just, it just kept drawing me back there. All I could think about was I want to do it. I want to do it. How do I do it? How do I do it? How do I stop doing it? Like every thought in my mind was centered around this addiction, centered around the next bet, centered around trying to stop gambling. And for me, that was no exciting life to live. Even though I was planning on being – free from this. And I had done all the things that the world taught me to do to get free, sign yourself off the boat, go into rehab, go to the GA meetings, get a support group, have somebody look over your finances so you can't touch them. I was doing all of these things and I was able to skirt around all of them at times. And, and they were very difficult, even in the season where I was trying to do them. I wanted to see a different plan in my life and I didn't know how to find it. And so I finally cried out to God, God, if you're real, show me a future and a hope for my life because I don't see one anymore. God responded. And that night I realized that God was real. He was talking to me through his word. Matthew 3, 2, repent, the kingdom of heaven is upon you. He kept repeating it in my mind over and over again. I was very thankful for this because my whole life I thought, you know, faith is stupid. I don't really care what religion you are or you are or what I am. I don't think that there's much uh, to think about this. But I realized in that moment that I had made a mistake, that God was real. He was talking to me, that my life was about to change. I wasn't sure how. I had no idea that hope was going to fill in my heart. I had no idea that the desire to have children was going to show up. I had no idea that he was going to call me to a life of ministry. I had no idea that there was going to be plans for my future that I didn't even realize were coming. I wouldn't have signed up for many of them had I known But God did love me. He made a special and unique plan for my life. And I'm telling you this because I'm not special. I'm not special. I am to God, but not to any of you because we're all special to God. God doesn't have just a unique plan for me. He has a unique plan for all of us. A plan for you and your kids and your spouse, your grandparents, your friend at school, everyone that you know. Has a plan from God. Now, whether we choose to follow that plan is a whole other story. Trying to find God's plan for our life can be difficult because the the prerequisite, the thing you need to do before you find God's sentence for your life, as we call it around here, is you have to find Christ. uh Oh, <laughs> already we're we're you know you've got to scoop out half of America and say okay they're not going to find it because they don't believe in Christ as Lord. Now, we pray for them. We want them to find Christ. This is not like we're keeping him for ourselves over here. Don't No, we want him. No, God has enough love for every single one of us, and I pray that you find the love of Christ in your heart and you hear the voice of God like I did, and it, it turns that light bulb on in your mind where, oh, my goodness, he is real. He is talking to me. He, I've been an idiot for 30 years. Maybe I should have opened this Bible before today. Maybe I should have prayed before today. Maybe I should have asked God for help instead of asking my counselor and asking another degenerate across the table for me at the GA meetings. GA meetings are funny, right? You get support from people who have the same problems. But no one's there. like the people who are there are still struggling with the problems. You don't often see, at least in my opinion, or the, what I saw. You don't see the guy who's been clean for thirty years showing up at these meetings. You see the guy who's been clean for ten minutes. So we're there to sort of support each other, but there's no one there leading the charge to encourage us to stay sober for a long, long time. Maybe the AA meetings are different. I don't know. But those are man-made things to remove prob- problems and troubles from from our lives. And the word says that God can remove all of these obstacles from our lives when we do what? When we pray and we lay our problems at his feet. I'd prayed, I said, God, if you're real, I need you to show me a future and a life for my a sh- future and a hope for my life cuz I don't have one. And the plan that I had to get clean and sober had in the beginning, had nothing to do with Christ. I wasn't inviting Him into the plans. I wasn't doing these plans uh, because He told me to do them. I wasn't looking to see His will done in my life. I was just wanting to feel different. I wanted to stop the stress. I wanted to stop the worry. And it worked. <laughs> and when I got born again, and I realized that God thought I was special and He had a unique plan for me, I was desperate to find it. And that's where I'm hoping you're at today. And if you're not, there yet, or if you know someone who needs to find that, maybe you know God's plan for your life and you have a child who's sort of lost, or maybe you know a brother or a, you know, a good friend who's just like out there just aimless. They don't know from day to day what they're going to do, what their plans are. They have a job and they say they hate it, but they're not doing anything to get to the, a better spot in life. They have a, a person they're in a relationship with and they're not getting along, but they stay in it because they're like, well, I just don't know what else I would do. God has a plan for us, and when we ask God's plans into our lives, the field of vision for our future starts to clear up. Instead of us looking down at our circumstances or the people around us and saying, well, so-and-so is holding me back. My parents did this to me in my past, and that's why I'm like the way I am. I'll never get ahead. I'll never get ahead. I'll never make enough money because my boss doesn't want to give me a raise. Like we, we have a lot of complaints, and we have a lot of circumstances in our lives that prevent us from seeing the future of our lives like God sees the future of our lives. God is eternal. He can see everything from beginning to end. It's why he has the best plan for our lives. Many of us think that we are the greatest author of our future because who better to write a plan for our future than ourselves? Who has the best interest in mind for me than me? I think absolutely I am the person who's going to make the best decisions for my future because I'm going to pick what I want to do. I'm going to watch what I want to watch. I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm going to do what I want to do. How could that go wrong? The world tells me I want to do what makes me happy. And I found out that at 29 years old, I did everything that way, and the results were dumb. <laughs> the results were not what I wanted. I didn't have a life worth living. I didn't have a hope for my future. I didn't see how I was being beneficial not only to society, but to even my own family was upset with me most of the time. That wasn't a life that was exciting to wake up to every morning. I didn't, you know, wasn't motivated with a smile on my face to get up and tackle the world like I am today because I have God's plan for my life and not my own. I want you to seek God's plan for your life. It can absolutely transform the way that you see the world. Again, like this vision in front of you, this vision of God's plan for your life begins to clear up everything in front of you. So you can stop looking down. It's your circumstances. You can stop looking behind you and blaming your past or the people in your past or the struggles you had in your past. Like I had my addiction. Now, you may not have an addiction. You may say, well, I'm not addicted, John. I have a fine life. You might have still a sin in your life that's, tra- that's, that's dragging you down. Maybe it's selfishness. Maybe you work too hard and you don't spend enough time with friends or family. Maybe you love your kids more than you love your spouse. Maybe you love uh, you know playing video games 88 hours a day, but you don't do anything else with your life. There's all sorts of stuff in our lives that doesn't have to be an addiction that keeps us away from God. Our priority in life, if we put God first, he makes room for everything else. If we're able to put God in our hearts, allow Christ to be Lord, and then say, God, what do I do? Start spending time with me, he'll say. You start spending time with God, and he's going to make all of this room open up in all of your life. It's going to start showing you how to act in your family, start showing you what to do with your friends, start opening up avenues in your job or your school or important things like your hobbies or you know your gifts and your talents. There's all sorts of things in our lives that can be transformed by the plans of God. But we have to find God first. We have to believe that Christ died to give us salvation. And just like I say that God has a plan for you, God had a plan for Christ. Christ came from the very beginning. Genesis, the beginning of Genesis, when the fall of man happened, God said that Jesus would crush the head of Satan. The very beginning. Jesus showed up at the age of 12. He's in the temple Telling his mom and dad that I should be about my father's business. At 30, he's called into his ministry, grabs a team, starts shepherding them to be able to share the gospel after he's gone. All the while, knowing that God had a plan for his life to do what? To die on the cross. Imagine living your whole life knowing you're meant to die. That's, 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 we think about this sometimes just as a people right like when am i going to die i wonder how i'm going to die i hope i don't die tragically i hope i don't i hope it doesn't hurt you think am i going to live to be an old age am i going to drop dead from a car accident or a heart attack these are morbid thoughts and it's not fun to you know dwell on these things cuz we want to think about our lives as being abundant and full and thinking that we're going to live for a long time and of course we are but jesus knew the plans of God were for him to come and die for us, like brutally. And that's why we see in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus is about to go to the cross, he, he is sweating blood. That's how serious it was for him. Imagine the stress, or at least the, the thoughts of your mind. Even if Jesus wasn't stressed, I mean, he was something. He wasn't just regular. He was sweating blood. He asked Jesus, He asked God three times to take this cup of suffering from him. Our plan from God may not always be the most exciting thing going, but if we're close to God, he's going to give us the grace, the courage, the boldness. He's going to give us the strength to do whatever we need to do. But we need to know how to find God's plan for our lives. And I have three keys on how we can do that. When we come back, we're going to go over key number one on what you can do to find God's plan for your life. These things are going to set you free, help you find a hope and a future for your life. Don't go away. You're listening to The New John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network.
0: Find passion. Find vision. Find faith. You're listening to The New John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network.
1: Welcome back to the show, everybody. New John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. If you want to wanna catch up on past episodes, we have our podcast up on the Apple Store. All you got to do is search for the New John Simmons. You can get it downloaded to your device, and also you can stream live over at newjohnsimmons.com. We have past episodes over there as well. So if you like this show and you want to find out what else we're doing here on the program and hear any of our other Shows and all the tips that we've shared over the course of the six months we've been on the air. uh, We'd love to have you come visit the site, newjohnsimmons.com, or you can visit the Apple Podcast Store and search for The New John Simmons Show today. Talking about three keys to finding God's plan for your life. How can you discover and then be able to walk out what God has for you? We've shared the stats over 80% of New Year's resolutions are either broken completely or broken in some way by now. Eighty percent of people who got so fired up the beginning of the year, oh, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna lose those thirty pounds, I'm gonna stop smoking, I'm gonna stop cussing, I'm gonna stop drinking, I'm gonna stop whatever it is, I'm gonna start tithing more, I'm gonna start, you know, reading my Bible every day. Is that Bible a little dusty? Hmm. Hmm. What do we do if our plans have been broken, if we've stopped doing what we wanted to do? Plans, it's when we have a plan going in our life, God can really move on it. And so I have three keys for finding God's plan for your life. And, you know, it's easy to give up on a New Year's resolution because it's just a, it's just an idea. It's just a little plan. It's something we want, but it's not necessarily from God. Now, if God told us to make that our New Year's resolution, then we can stand on it and really believe that those things will take place. But when you find, and this is the difference, when you find God's plan for your life in whatever area, because it's not just about your career, it's about what to eat for lunch. It's about who, do, who should you spend time with. It's about how should you raise your kids. It's about where you should go on vacation. Everything you do can be for God. But what you faithfully do for God when he shows up and says, I need you to do this faithfully, we know from Hebrews 11, when you do actions of faith after God reveals to you what to do, those sentences are recorded. So the difference between a new year's resolution And finding God's plan is this. You won't ever give up God's plan. If you really hear from God and he has directly showed you what his plan is for your life, you are going to hold on to that thing like a treasured jewel. That thing is not getting pawned. It's not getting lost. You're not going to forget about it. You're not going to be able to stop thinking about it. You're going to wake up thinking about it all the time. You're going to want to do it. Now, it may be difficult to do. You may not know how you're going to do it, and that's good sometimes because if God's plan for your life is easy to accomplish, it's probably not from him. Because why? Because if we could do it on our own, like me, I couldn't stop gambling on my own even though I tried. I needed him. If I could do it on my own, what do I need God for? What glory does God get if I just do it by myself? God gives us plans that are bigger than us. God gives us plans that we need help with, and these are some of the keys tonight. So key number one, let's get to it finally, John. Shut up and tell us what it is. Key number one, we all fall down, but not all of us get back up. This is your key to starting God's plan for your life, to restarting a New Year's resolution, to starting a new plan in your life altogether. We all fall down, but not all of us get back up. This is a great tip, a great key Especially for those of us who get discouraged because man, I really wanted to do this. I, did, I, I mean, I know what that's like. I spent 90 days in rehab because I was like, oh man, I really want to see this addiction fall off my life. I really want to see it happen. I want this really bad. And so but I stopped. I stopped I, I gambled after my 90 days clean. I gambled after I wanted so desperately to see the change in my life. And for you, maybe you really, really were desperate to lose that weight or maybe you were really desperate. To get into that school or whatever your New Year's resolution was, you were gonna study real hard or you were gonna read your Bible every day, and you've failed at that or you stopped doing it or you you have this guilt because it hasn't worked out like you planned. It's okay, it's okay. Key number one is to be okay that things mess up, be okay that things fall down, be okay that it's sort of messed up or we messed up or it's not looking right because we all fall down. Not all of us get back up though. We have to be learning, if we're going to find God's plan for our life and follow God's sentence for our life, that yes, we fell, we fell down, yes, it messed up, but we've got to keep going. We've got to get back up again. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's not able, we're not able as a people to be able to just live our lives perfectly. So if we make plans, chances are we're going to mess them up somehow. Even the the best laid plans of mice and men, as they say, just because we have a great plan doesn't mean it's going to see success every single time. People make plans to run for office and it doesn't work out for them, but they continue to run. Look at Abraham Lincoln. He, if you didn't know this about him, he ran for office multiple times before he became the president. And guess what? He lost every single one of them. The only office he was ever elected to that he ran for was the presidency. Imagine this. Imagine that you run for councilmen of your city here in St. Louis and you don't get it. Well, that sort of stopped most of us in our tracks. First off, most of us wouldn't even get out of the house to want to get the petition signed where you need, you know, 10 or 20 or 30 signatures of your neighbors. I got to go knock on my, da- my neighbor's door? Oh, my goodness. I don't know them. They don't know me. They're going to think I'm a Mormon. Knocking on the door, trying to give them some, some Latter Day Saints. But let's say we've got the petition and we sign it for city council, and we get the flyers made. We put some yards in the sign, you know. We put some signs in the yard. We have all our friends and family go out and vote, and then you miss it. You know, you lose by six votes because you know who votes in the councilman election—like eight people, right? You lose by six votes, and are you excited to you know try that again? What if you? We're like, well, I didn't make councilman. I'm going to try to be the mayor. I'm going to spend more money. I'm going to advertise more to more people. I'm going to shake more hands. I'm going to get more signatures on the petition. I'm going to do more work than I did last time. To spend more money than I did last time, because I really want to be the mayor. When it didn't work out so well last time, how many of us would do this? You would really want. I mean, you would really have to be hungry. Like spiritually or or just, you know, not physically hungry like I didn't eat today, but like hungry like I need this. I need this right now. I need to be councilman. What's the point of this, John? Abraham Lincoln did that multiple times. This guy ran for whatever the council seat was. He ran for Senate. He ran for I don't know how many it was, three or four things, and he lost them all. And he didn't just give up and rerun the next year. Or give up at all. He gave up by going up to the next level and saying, "Well, if I can't be councilman, I'm going to be mayor." Oh, they don't want me to be mayor. I'm going to be governor. Oh, they don't want me to be governor. I'm going to be the president. He. The, imagine the tenacity on somebody. Imagine if one of your friends was like, "I didn't get the job as janitor at Target. I'm going to sign up to be the manager." <laughs> like none of us would. We would laugh that person out of the room. Oh. They, won't, they, they They didn't want to make me the director, so I'm going to buy the company. What? This is ridiculous. This is not how normal people act, but this is how people act who know the key number one. We all fall down, but not all of us get back up. Abraham Lincoln knew how to get back up. Do you know how to get back up? Is this New Year's resolution that maybe you fell down on? Is it the end of that resolution? Are you done with that plan? Or are you saying, okay, I messed up? I get it. Maybe I should have kept going. Maybe it was too difficult. And you have, I'm sure, really good reasons why we stop things, right? But if you get God's plan in your life, you're not going to be able to lose that hunger like Abe Lincoln had. Or like many others who have failed at things and not seen success until later in life. Even though we see them now and say, well, they're successful. They're successful now. You know, Elton John filed bankruptcy several times before he was a you know, a rich guy. Mark Cuban. People that are familiar to us have lots of failures or mistakes in their past, and they were able to get back up. The world was able to get back up. Steve Jobs, imagine if Steve Jobs, after he was fired from Apple the first time, if you didn't know, Steve Jobs, who created the Apple company, was fired from it and then later brought back to run it, and then it became, on his second term in the company, There, then it became the thing that we know now with the iPhones and the iPads and Apple running the world, essentially technology-wise. Imagine if he gave up, because he was rich. I mean, the dude was loaded, even before the iPhone. Imagine if he gets fired from Apple and he's just like, you know what, I, I give up. They don't want me, I don't want to do the next thing. We all fall down, but not all of us get back up. If you want to find God's plan for your life, if you really want to make a plan in your life and stick to it, You have to be able to get back up from the falls. I once heard a Bible teacher say, only a dumb Christian would run into a brick wall one time and say, well, it must not have been God's will for me to get through that wall. Meanwhile, a non-Christian will run into that wall a hundred times. They'll find a way over it. They'll bulldoze it down if they need to get through it. If you really want something on the other side of that wall, you're going to find a way. We hear stories like this all the time overcomer stories people who have found real you know real success after multiple failures failed companies failed businesses failed opportunities you know people who would not make it by our standards but they kept trying they kept going that movie that Dennis Quaid was in the baseball movie about the guy who was like 40 years old and ended up pitching in the major leagues that story's crazy He was pitching on the side of the highway throwing fastballs against the speed limit sign to see how fast he threw. Wanting to play ball in the major leagues when everybody else is retiring. Getting on the the bus with the other minor leaguers and spending years in the minor leagues trying to chase this dream. When all signs point to, hey man, just give up. Hey, just stop. You don't need to keep doing that. Key number one, we all fall down, but not all of us get back up. Not all of us have the tenacity and the hugger to keep going. But if you want to find God's plan for your life, you really want to find it, this is a huge key. Don't just stop your New Year's resolution. Make a new one. Or continue that one. Get back up and say, hey, I'm going to the gym tomorrow. I messed, I haven't gone for last month, but I'm going tomorrow. I'm going right now. I'm leaving the house right now. Key number two, finding God's plan for your life, restarting a plan whatever you want to call it, being able to see your future and not hang out in your past. Key number two is we need to write our plans down. The Bible talks a lot about writing our plans down. It also talks about plans in general. I love Proverbs 6, three though, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. So if you just put the Lord in your heart, he's going to be able to just mold your thoughts and shape you in a way that allows you to see what you're supposed to be doing. Whether it's through his word Conviction of the Holy Spirit, whether he sends you a dream or a revelation or whether you realize what your gifts and talents are and you really find a, a niche somewhere where you're able to walk out and find success or just be excited to wake up and do those things in the morning. Of course, we know Habakkuk two two tells us that we need to write our visions down clearly so that others may see it. Why is this important? Why is it important for us to clearly write our plans down. Well, number 1, if you just want to look at it from a secular business world standpoint, banks don't write loans to people with ideas. They write checks to people with plans. You need a business plan to get a loan at a bank for your startup business. That idea you have in your in your, you know, your garage and you're like, "Man, I could really turn this into something." If you walk into the bank just to tell them, "Hey man, I'm going to start making beer in my basement," They'll just be like, okay, great, have a good time. <laughs> you know. But if you go in there and say, hey, look, I have a plan, a business plan. This is the way I'm going to market it. This is the way I'm going to sell it. This is the way I'm going to make it. This is the way that I'm going to get my employees set up. Now people might be interested. The bank might actually give you money to start this plan. So if you just want to look at it from this from this, just simply secular, mechanical money aspect, if you want to make more money in your life, if you want to get a loan to start a business, if you want to do something in your life that requires plans, you need to write them down. Everybody has ideas, but the people who get on Shark Tank to share their ideas with the the panel, they wrote those ideas down. They made prototypes. They showed up with something other than, hey, man, I had this idea that I was just going to make a new type of fish bait. Well, what kind of fish bait is it? Well, I don't know. I just have an idea that I'm going to make a better fish bait than somebody else. It. You need a plan. You write your plans down. It helps put your thoughts to paper. And the Bible tells us that we need to write them down clearly. And I always thought it was interesting that it doesn't just say write them down. It says write them down clearly so that others can see them. So you're not writing them down for yourself. You're writing them as if someone else is going to be in charge or be able to see them. And I like this because that means that even if God's given you a plan and you're not around, it can still be done. If you die, somebody can pick up after you. If you move on to the next thing and you start a business, but God calls you away and you can now have employees who are running the business for you. I also like this idea I heard in the, uh, to bring up Steve Jobs again, who's an excellent example of someone who found a plan in their life, not necessarily God's plan, but found a plan that was successful by worldly standards. The first guy who invested a ton of money into Apple computers, the first guy to really give them that check that really launched them to be able to create the personal computer, said that Steve Jobs only said two sentences to make him write that check. He didn't explain to him all the doodads and the wires of this computer and how it's going to work and how many volts it needs to be plugged into. He didn't explain any of that. He said something effective, I'm going to put a personal computer on everybody's desk and it's going to change the world. He was clearly able to share the vision that he had for his company, even though it didn't explain any of the process. The vision or the plans, his plan was to put a computer in everybody's house. His plan was to change the world. He wrote those plans down clearly so that other people could see them. And what happened? He got a lot of people to write big old fat checks to a company that hadn't even done anything yet. They hadn't built a one computer yet. The iPhone was not even an idea in his head. But he had plans written down. If you want to find God's sentence for your life, start asking him to show you first off. If he has told you and you're just thinking about it, write it down. Get it on paper. Put it on your iPhone notes. That's where I keep a lot of my visions. I mean, I've got stuff in there from years ago I'm still believing for. A lot of stuff has, has actually come to pass, things that i planned, marriage, kids, ministry work, things that I've wanted to do, write a book. Those things have been accomplished because I've made a plan. I wrote the plans down. I didn't just say, hey, it'd be a nice day to, you know, I'd really just, I think I'd like to write a book. And then, you know, a week later you forgot you even had that idea. Ideas don't make things happen. Plans make things happen. You know, plan the work and work the plan. God has a plan for your life, and you need to write it down. It's key number two. We have one more key left up on our list of three keys to finding God's plan for your life. So when we come back, we'll go over number three. I really think these things can bless you guys. All you have to do is get encouraged that God's sentence for your life can absolutely transform and change and bring hope to your future today. Don't go away. You're listening to The New John Simmons Show.
0: to see behind the scenes photos and get the latest news from the show all you have to do is follow at new john simmons on facebook twitter and instagram now let's get back to the new john simmons show
1: welcome back to the program everybody on facebook live and listening On the radio, it's part of the Testimony House Network. You're listening to The New John Simmons Show. To stay connected with the show, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, at New John Simmons, and also Instagram. Don't forget to follow the show page, which shows our live stream both on YouTube and on Facebook. All you have to do is search for The New John Simmons either place. This is your way to see all the videos that we create hear all the audio we put together, and be able to just stay connected, be a fan of the show, or help support us in any way, this is your opportunity at New John Simmons or search for The New John Simmons Show. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Talking about three keys to finding God's plan for your life. Three keys to finding a plan for your future, whether it's from God or whether you're just trying to find a different way to do things. You've been trying things a lot of different ways. It doesn't seem to be working. You want something to finally work out in life. I have some answers. I have some thoughts on how you can implement some just different ways of thinking. And I believe they come from scripture. We've shared some of these scriptures. We want to see your life encouraged today. We want to bring some hope to what you're going through because we all know we're going through some stuff. We all know that life's not easy. But we know that hope and joy comes from knowing Christ and trusting in him and to try and continually make plans for ourselves. Ultimately, we won't be as satisfied as if we find God's plan for our life. So I want you to find God's plan for your life. And when you do, or while you're trying to find it, if you start to implement some of these keys, I absolutely believe that the door to your future can open in a in a wider way. You know. Sometimes we, the door is shut, and we're like, How do we get in? How do we get in? Maybe these this key or one of these keys can be exactly what you need to hear today that can absolutely touch your heart and be like, Man, that I, I, I haven't been doing that. Let's recap. Three keys to finding God's plan for your life. Number one, we all fall, but not all of us get back up. We all fall down. Everybody falls down. Humpty Dumpty did it, and I do it, and you do it. The righteous fall seven times a day, the Bible says. So if we can get up that eighth time, if we can say, okay, I've been knocked down. The devil knocked me down, but I'm going to get back up. I'm not going to believe that just because I hit this brick wall one time that it's over and walk away. God made... People march around the walls of Jericho seven times before they fell. Imagine God's like, well, I'm going to need you to do that seven times. Well, what's the point? The point is God's asked you to do it, and it's going to help you, and it's going to see results take place. I'm sure on their fifth and sixth time they're like, I'm I'm feeling pretty silly. I'm pretty embarrassed. God keeps asking us to play our trumpets and march around this wall. And on that seventh time, boy, when it fell, I imagine they were just like, oh, my goodness, it works. Oh, my goodness. Not everybody is able to get back up when they fall. Our New Year's resolutions may have failed by February, but our plans from God don't have to to fail. When you catch God's plan for your life, you won't want to let go of it. You want to keep walking it out. I didn't know what it was like to know God's plans until I got born again. I'd had plenty of plans in my life. Plans to wake up and play a card game. Plans to wake up and bet on Monday night football. Plans to go out to eat wherever I wanted and eat whatever I wanted. And I gained over hundred pounds when I was gambling. Man. And have plans. And have good plans. The Lord establishes our plans that commit our lives to Him, trust in Him, and He will act. So many verses. Key number two What else do we need to do to find God's plan? We need to write our plans down. Simply having an idea is not the same thing as having a plan. You can't just figure out what to do without writing them down. You might have a great thought. You might have the world's greatest invention in your mind, but if you don't write it down, clearly for other people to see, how is it going to manifest or turn into what you want it to look like? Architects draw up buildings before they put any cement in the ground. They know what it looks like before it shows up. Your plans need to be written down. It's 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 basic business if you want to call it that. But from a spiritual standpoint, God asks us to write the plans down so that one we can share them with other people. And two, so we know what we're trying to accomplish along the way. So we can look down at our plans and say, "Oh yeah, this steps next. I got to build this part of my life. I got to build up this schooling. I got to get this education. I got to you know, find this person who can help me do this. I've got to learn this about myself. I've got to mature in this area, whatever it is. Key number three, the final key we're sharing tonight's show, keys to finding God's plan for your life. Number three, we need to include others in our plans. This goes along with writing the plan clearly down, but really it's so much more than that. If you have a plan, let's say you have your plan and you've You may have failed in January and you're trying to pick yourself up here in the end of February. You've you've decided you want to pick yourself back up. You've wrote your plan down. You got your phone out and you're like, all right, this is what I want to do. Number three, you need to include others in your plans. You need to tell somebody what you're thinking. Tell somebody what you wrote down. Share it with other people. Why? Because God's created us to be more successful in groups. God does not want us to be alone. There's plenty of scripture upon this. First Thessalonians 5, 11, encourage one another and build one another up just as you were doing. When we share our ideas, what happens when you're like, hey man, I'm trying to lose weight. Are people like, oh, that's dumb. No, they're like, oh man, that's awesome. I hope you do it. And how's that going? And you know, where are you going to work out at? And it helps you sort of process what you're trying to do. Ecclesiastes 4 says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fail, one will lift up, lift up the other. You need to tell somebody about your plans because guess what? We're going to have obstacles. We're going to have things in our way that try and stumble us. And what we need to do is call on our friends and say, look, man, I got messed up. Can you come help me out? And they're going to be like, Oh yeah, man, I'm going to come. I'm going to lift you up out of the hole that you fell in. I'm going to be there. And on the days that I'm struggling, you're going to be the person to lift me up. This is true in marriage. There's some days that me and my wife are on the opposite page from one another. And maybe from the opposite page of our children. And one of us able to handle it calmly one day and the other one sort of stressed out and vice versa. The next day we're made to be in groups. And when we have a plan, in a group setting it helps encourage us. You know, the a great example of this in real life, if you wanna have another one, is like Jenny Craig or Weight Watchers. These programs where you go and you have a, a powwow with people who are on the same program as you, you all weigh in together. You talk about your victories during the week. You talk about, you know, hey man, I, I had a struggle on Saturday, we had a party at my house and I ate too many points or whatever it was, and my mom was on Weight Watchers for a long time, lost a lot of weight doing that. I know people who have lost a lot of weight on this program, but it's not just a weight loss program. It's a support group. Even Weight Watchers and Jenny Gregg know that it's better to lose weight when you're around other people trying to do the same thing. Business leaders will tell you if you want to be better at something, you get around people who are doing it better than you're doing it. Sharing your plans with other people allows you to have all sorts of support. In addition, the Bible says that there is... Wisdom in a multitude of wise counselors. So maybe you have plans and you share it with somebody else and they're like, hey, did you try doing it this way? And you're like, oh my gosh, that's the most brilliant thing I've ever heard. And because you shared. Your plans with someone, they were able to encourage you to do things in a way you weren't thinking because your mind wasn't there, but it's really helped you. Maybe it's sped up the process. Maybe it's made something cheaper. Maybe they turned you on to a person who can help you. Maybe they offered their services to you and they were like, hey, I'd like to help you get that going. You know, you want to make your lawn look better this summer. I I mow lawns and I'll come help you do that and I'll do it for free. How about that? But if you didn't share your plans to make your lawn look better, how would they know? And if it was just an idea in your head, you're driving by and you know, on the highway one day, and you're like, you know what, I'd really like to, I'd like to landscape my yard. If you don't write those plans down, you don't tell anybody about it, you mow the yard once, but you don't go back out there to trim the hedges. You fall down, but you don't get back up. These are keys that can transform your life. Because if you had continued to trim the hedges, if you had written the plans down, if you had shared it with other people... Now, all of a sudden, you've got a landscaper helping you out. You know exactly the landscaping work you want done, and it's not going to feel so burdensome if you miss a couple weeks and the grass grows a little longer. You're like, well, we've done a lot of hard work already. It's not going to be as hard to get back out there and finish the job. What are you thinking about about your future? Are you making plans? Are you inviting God into them? Are you seeking God's plan? These are questions you have to answer yourself. I can't answer them for you. I can't make you do any of these things. None of these things, by the way, are a prerequisite to salvation. If the only plan in your life is to find Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is a great plan. The Bible shows us, and it's also written down, by the way, the path to finding Christ is to confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Christ is Lord and we will be saved. It's simple enough to say, hard enough to do. It took me 29 years. It took a revelation from God. It took the words of the Bible jumping off the page and into my heart for me to really recognize that God was real and he was talking to me. But now I've committed my life to the Lord. He's asked me to share these ideas with you. He's asked me to share my testimony and and just encourage you to know that your life doesn't have to look like it once did, like it does today. God has a hope and a future for your life. It's the prayer that I prayed the first night I met God it's the thing we end our show with each and every day, and there's a very intentional reason for that because a lot of people, and you may be one of them, are walking out in life without a future, without plans for what's going to happen tomorrow or a year from now or five years from now. But God has a plan for you that includes a week from now, a year from now, five years, ten years from now. But if you don't invite God into your heart, you don't find Christ as your Savior, those plans are just going to stay out in a desert somewhere and you'll never find him. And then when you pass away, when you're talking to God, when you're giving an account for all your actions, and he asks you, hey, why didn't you find me? I'm sure you'll have a reason. It, it, it'll suck to know that you won't be spending eternity with heaven. But let's say you found Christ, and I hope that you have or you do. And you say, and he says to you, what did you do in faith for me like the people in Hebrews 11? I didn't seek it out, Lord. Hosea 4.6 says, my people are destroyed by a lack of knowledge. If you're hearing this tonight, God has a plan for your life. You're not going to be able to sit there and say, I didn't know God had a plan for my life. God does have a plan, and I have a show here on the radio to help you walk it out. We have steps. We teach them on our website. We also teach them in seminars. Get a hold of us today if you'd like to have that shared at your church. Newjohnsimmons.com is the website. I want to thank everybody for listening tonight. I want to thank Mr. Curtis on the boards, and I want to thank all of you on Facebook Live for streaming with us today. Don't go away. We'll be here again next Oh, tomorrow. I guess it's only Wednesday. It's only hump day. So until next time, guys, I pray you discover a future and a hope for your life today.
0: Thanks for listening to The New John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. To replay this episode or listen to past episodes, look for The New John Simmons Show podcast on your mobile device. Stay connected to the show. Read the latest news, blog posts, and see behind-the-scenes photos by following at New John Simmons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you would like to learn more about how you can begin to write God's sentence for your life, Or join a growing community of people who are finding passion, vision, and faith for their lives. Please visit newjohnsimmons.com. Until next time, we pray you discover a future and a hope for your life today.